At Meridian Audio, we deliver extraordinary experiences. We create moments that bring people together, forge shared connections and make unforgettable memories. Don't just take our word for it. Experience audio as it's meant to sound. With a visit to our Cambridgeshire HQ, it's the home of high-res audio. Hello everybody and welcome to The Integrated Home, the podcast produced by the home integration community for the home integration community. My name is Jeff Hayward and with my industry guest today, we'll be looking at control. Why have a control system? What are the benefits it brings and do consumers appreciate them? And what are the integration challenges, especially when you move beyond AV into lighting, blind, security and HVAC control? We're also going to take a look at who's accountable when things do go wrong on a system. Does the buck always stop with the integrator? And how do you handle those situations? Welcome to The Integrated Home. We are at the head office of Bemco for today's recording, one of seven locations across the UK for this diverse supplier of electrical equipment and appliances. Bemco is also an authorised KNX training centre, which will be a relevant part of our controls conversation later in the show. To talk about that on this week's show, we have from SMC, director and all-round good guy, Robin Courtney, and alongside him, the industry's most enthusiastic supporter of just about Premier League side Brighton and Hove Albion, <laughs> it's Jeremy Aston of Channel Smart Buildings. Welcome to you both. Thank you, Jeff. Well, thank you very much. Robin, can you give us a few words about your background? I'm a director and owner of SMC, and we've had the pleasure of helping our clients integrate their homes for over 25 years. Um, during that time, we've seen a lot of change in the technology, um, probably less change in the type of clients that we deal with, certainly not in their expectations. Um, but having been in the business for over 25 years, we've used lots of different control systems. So we have a good understanding of which ones deliver for our clients and which ones fall a little bit short. And, you know, lots of reasons why things do go wrong from time to time. Excellent. And you're not originally from the South? No, I am uh, originally a Geordie, why <laughs> I'm man. <laughs> so it's wonderful to be here at Bemco as they started um, on the shores of Tyneside. Excellent. So come on then, Jeremy, respond to that intro that I gave you. Well, yes. So, so I run a, uh, a little bit of a smaller outfit than SMC, Channel Smart Building. So we're a small integration business. But concentrating on exactly that integration. So I have an IT background and I got into smart buildings through that IT background, through the convergence of uh, technologies like audio, video, streaming technologies, and then recognizing that there were actually these things out there that did building controls with lighting and HVAC and so on. So we've always been about integration. Uh, we've always been keen to, to be able to make that work for our clients. Uh, and so controls have always been part of our business and, and we've worked with particularly KNX and, and systems like Lutron for, for 10 plus years now. And you're working in residential and commercial buildings? That's right, yeah. So we, we do residential projects, uh, smaller, mid, mid-size uh, projects typically, um, and also commercial where we work with, with a major manufacturer, helping them commission their, their larger control system implementations. Very good. 
Now, before we discuss controls and control platforms in detail, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what happens when things go awry. How much responsibility should integrators have over a client's home when you've done a system? And whose fault is it, do you think, when things do go wrong? Jeremy, we were having a chat about this last week. What's, what's your take on it? Well, I think historically, um, as, the, as the, the, the industry really has developed over time, there's been a lot of manufacturers come and go. And we've worked with different products and different types of solutions. And regularly, we mentioned beta testing, really. So <laughs> you're out in the field installing and you think the, 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 the product is going to fulfill the need. And unfortunately, we've been let down uh, by, by the hardware in the past. I'm happy to say that I think that's much less of an issue now, particularly where it was most weak, I would say, in the AV side of things, multi-room audio systems, for example, and, and HDMI, HD distribution. You know, we find that those solutions now are much more robust. We're using technologies and products and manufacturers that we've been working with for a long time. We know what works, and, and so we know what we're going to help our clients see as, as the right solution. So that's, that's good. However, I would say that now when things go wrong, we have to look a little bit more inwardly at ourselves and how we've run the project, how we've specified and, and worked with the client to set expectations. Would you agree with that, Robin? Uh, I think wholeheartedly, really. Certainly on the hardware side of things, that I think that's got an awful lot, lot better. It happens that our industry is about bringing together separate systems and making them work as mm. if they're one. So there can be just one little weak link in there. I mean, historically, it was often a, a skybox or something, something that is really low cost, yet the client is paying many, many thousands of pounds for the system. But one little weak link can let the whole thing down. So we certainly developed a lot of clever little ways of rebooting stuff in the middle of the night that the client <laughs> wouldn't realise just to make the thing keep going in, in, a, in a solid way. And we seem to be doing less of that uh, now. So I certainly agree with you, Jeremy, on that. I also agree expectations are super important. Um, many of our clients really don't know what they want um, or whether they're going to like it until they've got it. And then they can be very vocal about not liking it um, or it's working in a way that uh, they didn't quite expect. So setting the expectations early on uh, is really critical. And I think the ways of, of doing that are putting options in front of the client, if possible, demoing to the client. It happens with certainly the very wealthy clients. Often you're not dealing with the client at all. You're not even going to yeah. see them. It's the client rep and that's where things can go a bit wrong too that the representative doesn't really know their client so my message is really get to know your client get to know them really well and understand their approach to control systems you know what how do they operate their uh, their car do they use a touch screen or is it just simple switches for the control systems there how do they like to switch lights on and off and try to keep it as simple as possible. We'll spend a lot of time on um, documentation, writing specifications, so that if things do go wrong, um, you also have a trail of when something was agreed and often pointing out to the client that they did actually want it that way in the first place yes. um, takes away um, any difficulties that are occurring. It's part process and project management and part human 
relationships and empathy and understanding then. Yes, most definitely. And I would say that, that even at a small level where we're a small team, um, using tools and processes at the stage of quoting specification, using those tools to help us deliver uh, the, the, the project from a process and, and project management side, that makes a big difference yeah. because you have a clear picture of what hardware you're delivering, you have a clear picture of your scope, it helps you define that and helps you present that to the client and make sure those expectations are set early on. And that avoids any sort of costly reverse engineering of something that you've just put in to get it back to what the client now says they want. Yeah, most definitely. And I think one thing for us is as well, uh, demoing things, helping the, helping the client, as Robin said, uh, understand what it is that they're getting. Rather than saying, as we perhaps would have done in the past, well, these systems are great, they can do so much for you. Don't worry, we'll work it out for you. It'll all be fine. You know, you, you've got to work with them in a much more prescriptive way to help them understand what it is they're getting uh, and, and what it is they could have if the box you've given them is, is not everything they might want at stage, stage one. Do you think customers are, are more aware of where their expectation levels ought to be? Yes, I think there's, there's still um, plenty of scope to properly define what they're asking for though. I mean, getting the, the communication right at the beginning, being really clear what they're trying to achieve. And don't forget, we're moving really from an industry that was all about AV and entertainment systems, much more now to buildings needing a control system, either for security or just the fact the place is so, so large. So a client might be very vocal about what type of music they want, um, but less so about how their heating may be controlled. They expect that you as the expert and the integrator will know all about that and will present them with the best options. But having presented certain options to them, it's surprising how often the client really doesn't want um, some of the things that you might be suggesting. So to get those sort of discussions out of the way early on, rather than having to reverse engineer the project at the end is really important. Okay, it's hot seat time. Robin, it's your turn to take the chair. 30 seconds for you to deal with the questions that Jeremy is gonna throw at you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, ready, steady, go. Which Hollywood actor would play you in a movie? Jeremy Irons. Which area of home technology is the most exciting area of innovation? Control of the whole house by the iPhone. What's the biggest lesson that you learned in your time at SMC? Uh, to not listen to everything Steve Moore tells me. What was the first single you ever bought? Telegram Sam by T-Rex. You're rowing a boat across the Atlantic to raise money for charity. There are three other spaces. Who in the industry would you choose to make sure you complete the voyage? Probably Gavin Harper, our operations director. Guy Martin from Lutron. And Who's going to be cabin boy? Who's going to be cabin boy? <laughs> Steve Moore. <laughs> Bemco is one of the larger independent electrical wholesalers in the UK. We have a fast-growing control business with an array of state-of-the-art products. We also offer comprehensive smart home training, as well as being an authorised KNX stockist and KNX certified training centre. We have multiple locations nationwide, including four branches in London. To find out more, visit bemco.co.uk. Okay, now we're going to talk about control and control platforms. 
Robin, let's start right at the beginning. Why bother with a control system at all? Uh, it's a good question, Jeff. Um, I think that certainly many of the clients that we deal with, their houses are seriously large, which means that your front door or your front gate might be half a mile down, down the road. Um, or you may literally have hundreds of, of rooms and trying to go around and switch off every light at night or to draw the blinds is, uh, is just impractical. So um, you do need a control system uh, for some properties, but certainly in our case, we're not looking to put a control system in uh, if it's not needed. What about you, Jeremy? Well, very similar. I think, I think buildings are becoming more complex in many ways. And certainly at the larger end of the residential, it's almost like a, a commercial build with the plant and, and systems you have in there. But even, even in a smaller property, although maybe you don't need a highly sophisticated control system, I think the aspect of being able to have some control over your lighting, some control over your energy management, some control over potentially things like access control, who's, who's at your door, that sort of thing, it's, it becomes about convenience as well as energy management or, or being able to just turn off lots of lighting circuits all in one go. So there, there are reasons to have a system, but maybe the, the, the level of complexity of the system and the scale of the system, we would, we would look at the, the individual project and the requirements on that. Do you think clients have an appetite now for centralised control, bearing in mind that you know, they're used to energy meters for their heating or they're used to... you know. Apps uh, yes. on their phone for yes and things. No, I'd say certainly people want things simple. Um, so that kind of means no no control system. Uh, but I think the industry has grown to a point that um, clients have uh, are somewhat different. There used to be a time when some of them would like to show off how many buttons were on a on a keypad or how many racks were were <laughs> down in the basement. And I think those days have. Uh, have gone. You know, most people are looking, if if possible, just to flick a, a switch or use their phone in, in in a very simple way, and not looking so much to to show off a control system just because they have a control system. Yeah, is that your experience too? Hundred percent, I would agree with that. I would also say that client expectations have been raised by the increasing use of smart technologies within the home. Um, within cloud-based technologies. And I think for us, what we're helping our customers see is that perhaps there may be a place for some of those technologies to be used in, in their house if it's a, a smaller property. However, as they go a little bit larger or the systems become a little bit more complicated, you want to be able to bring them together in a more intelligent way and also a way that maybe makes them think about the security aspect of the system that they're putting in where their data's possibly going and how it's possibly being used as well. And, and as you go to a larger property or to people that are more concerned about their privacy, those become factors that, that help influence why a control system might be needed. And how does the choice of the control system define the scope of the project or, or does it work the other way around? I think it's really the other way around. Um, if there's no need for a control system, there, there shouldn't be one there. It should be kept as a as simple as, as possible. But as the project grows in complexity, there are different types of control systems that might then be used. But again, I think the trick or the, our job as integrators is to present back to the client very simple operation, even though behind the scenes, 
there may be quite a complex control system uh, operating many different things. But what you're presenting to the client is a, is a simple on-off switch on the wall that if it's in case of lighting is setting a whole scene throughout the house. But presenting back to them uh, this very simple operation is what uh, our clients are looking for. Are there still issues with programming or is that less of a problem now that you can do much more with standard kind of approaches? I think on programming you need to be a little bit careful. Certainly many of the systems that we have taken over there's been accusations that the programming was was very poor and I think that undoubtedly is, is, is the case sometimes but you know programming certainly for the programmer is a very exciting thing to do and uh, you know you can program just about anything nowadays and I think where you need to be careful is again defining the scope of what the client actually wants because if a program and a good program is left to their own devices they may well add a load of features that are really interesting and potentially exciting but the client will just see it as a, a sort of camel with 12 legs that <laughs> is interesting but completely impractical. Again, I think we're back to defining the scope and only delivering what, what the client wants. And programming done well along those lines um, really delivers in space. What about you, Jeremy? I mean, you, you come from that sort of IT software background, so how, how important is programming to getting it right? Well, it's, it's critical. I think technology has helped. I think the products that are available now that allow you to deliver systems in, in more of a configuration-based approach rather than having to go black box programming everything from scratch. But even, even in those more complex systems where you're working with control systems that offer a lot of flexibility on the programming side, even now because we've been working in it in the industry for a long time and, and I know all the other companies that have been doing the same, they, they've got libraries of code and approaches that mean that they're able to be more efficient and consistent in how that programming is done. And the choice of control system that you actually go for, you look at the work, you look at what you've got to do and then you make your choice. I mean, you must have an idea of what's best in class for what you're trying to deliver. Yes, that's certainly true. I, I think, you, you know, the general guidelines of stick to what you know best um, probably holds holds true. I mean, in, in our case, we happen to be of a size where we've got programmers a, uh, across various different control systems. Um, it could be argued that they all end up doing much the same thing. So it's how you really get to that, that end result. So um, having experience in one control system over another certainly counts. But if you do have the right experience across many of them, then it's down to the complexity of what you're, you're trying to, to control. And the control system is, is the interface the client has. So if that doesn't work properly, it's the control system that's at fault. It's certainly their perception, of course, um, that many of the control systems we're talking about knit together separate systems that are completely standalone in their own right. And the beauty of a control system should be that you're only presenting back to the client the features that they want to control. I mean, heating is a good example. Most standard heating controls are not very pretty um, on the wall, and most of them have to look that way because they actually do a lot of functions from not only controlling the heat, but giving engineering codes, etc. cetera, um, if they need um, servicing. But with a control system, you have the opportunity to just present the client 
with a way of making the room a little bit hotter or a little bit cooler, which is probably all the client will, will ever want to, to do. I think that's quite interesting. When, when things move beyond AV to other subsystems, trying to keep it simple, you want to keep it simple for you. Yeah. You also want to keep it simple for your client, don't you? You know, yeah, it's, most definitely. It's, it's, it's most definitely. both Both things need to be simple. So how do you yeah. go about well, doing that? Well, Robin's touched on it already, and it's something that, I, that from a software perspective resonates, where you're, you're kind of abstracting the complexity of the system. And behind the scenes, everything's like the, the swan paddling along crazily, but everything looks serene on the surface. And ultimately, there is a lot of complexity, particularly when you start looking at not just maybe AV, but also lighting and then climate control. And if you've got climate control where you've got heating and cooling, those things don't want to be working against each other. So, for example, we're looking at a property right now, which we've got a a lead in on on the AV side. But actually, there's a significant amount of glazing in there and roof lights. And actually, the real need there is to be able to control the roof light blinds, the, the blinds on the, the doors and windows in conjunction with the heating and the climate control so that everything works efficiently and doesn't work against each other because that's where that's where they really need a control system in that in that building. And the A V side is, you know, that's nice to have and we can do that. But actually the real win in that property, the real benefit to the occupier is going to be that climate control integrated with the blinds uh, and the heating and so on. You can't, you can't get away from the fact though, Jeremy, with a control system, if things stop working, um, they're going to blame uh, the person <laughs> who yes. supplied the control system. So mm. if they go to the wall to control the heating and the heating doesn't work, then they're going to shout about that button on the wall and who, who supplied it. Therefore, there is a a case sometimes to have slightly separate control systems or not controlling something that um, isn't needed. And I think we're beginning to see this a bit with app-based control. Often um, the subsystem already comes with a really good app and a rather nice user interface. And our world's been all about bringing lots of things together in one common user interface. But actually, if the manufacturer's app is a good one, um, then let them let them use that, and then it's going to be somebody else's fault, not yours, <laughs> if it's not working. Fair point. Fair point. And uh, Jeremy, you do a lot of work in KNX, so do you often uh, look at KNX products and and uh, what that technology brings, and, and marry it with the AV that you're? Oh, most in? definitely, yes. And and that's been a lot easier to do over the, over the years because the the products have embraced. KNX, so the, the higher level control systems that we might use to provide an interface are, are more KNX friendly. But I think, you know, it does go, Robin's talked about the systems, the subsystems being robust and whether that's being controlled through something that will be doing the lighting, the heating and the climate control and blinds all in one umbrella like KNX or whether you're looking at more discrete systems, so a lighting control system a heating or underfloor heating control system, the air conditioning, uh, and and then bringing something that just makes those more accessible to the the occupier. Fundamentally, those systems have to be robust. The underlying lighting control, that the mission critical, the building critical critical systems need to be able to operate without the touch panel on the wall being the single point of failure, um, because 
otherwise you really are making a rod for your own back and you will be getting that call on a Saturday night <laughs> when the yes. client can't turn their lights on or yeah. is too cold or too hot. But you know, we, we find that, that generally, you know, with the systems that we're putting in, with the knowledge of the systems, the way we know they can work, and also the monitoring and control we can put in to support the kind of preemptive aspect of, of managing a property, that those things are very, very rare. Uh, uh, fortunately for us, we don't get those types of calls. I think my experience is, um, you know, the client would like you to make sure you can control everything. Uh, from the integrator's point of view, probably heating is mm. the one area to be a little bit careful because um, as AV stroke IT uh, integrates, one thing we're generally not is heating engineers. So actually understanding in, in great depth about heating is, is not really our our thing. Um, we can certainly control the heating. So um, you have to be careful to build into your design a means of proving the system completely standalone from the control system. So if you do get that call on you know, late Saturday night, you can say, well, just go downstairs and just check that something's on or is there heat being called there? And then you know for sure that actually it's not really the control system. This is more something for the heating engineer. And actually you can appear incredibly helpful by just doing that early diagnosis and getting the right person out to fix, fix that, that problem. Well, yeah, I mean, for us, it, it's about being able to use a, a single platform um, and, and bring robust control at a low level. But we often find in, in KNX world that we're working not only with KNX products and particularly on the BMS side. So the larger properties and certainly in the commercial space, we're integrating with all, with all sorts of other systems. And we'll do that uh, through BACnet or, or through some other kind of KNX to something else interface. Um, so BMSs are a classic. So we may, from a client perspective, be giving them a single uh, switch on the wall that does a lot and allows them to monitor the temperature, etc. But all of the logic, all of the control is happening inside the BMS. We're just firing a, yeah. a signal off that says, right, here's the current temperature and this is what the set point is. And then the BMS behind the scenes, whether that's Siemens, Trend or whatever else in the background, is doing all of its stuff. Uh, and only is looking to KNX to give it a little bit of a, to give it the, 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 the input data that it needs to operate. And we would never expect to take on that whole mechanical engineering's control side uh, because of the, the complexity mm. of it. I really like KNX, and I'm not just saying that because we're <laughs> sat here we're in Bemco's uh, <laughs> offices, but what I really like is things just work and they they work first time and that's to do with the open standard that KNX is and that you can pick and choose any product as long as it's, follow, it's, it's following the KNX standard it, it will work you, you just uh, just plug it in effectively it's there I, I had um, finished one very large um, office block and um, I'd only been to site about two or three times the last one was at the end and I said what can I control here and the programmer said, well, if you've got your phone, let's just log you onto the network. And there immediately was a beautiful user interface on my phone. I could see and control everything. And it was just suddenly very simple. And I think that KNX um, really offers that. It offers very um, robust, reliable systems 
And of course, one of the, uh, you know, your greatest strength, your greatest weakness, perhaps. One of its greatest strength is that it only does certain things. When you want it to do a bit more, um, and generally speaking, it's a more rich user interface, then KNX can't necessarily do that. But I think it would be argued that's a good thing because then you're keeping the client to only a certain set of options that they can evaluate early in the project. But more complex control systems that we get involved with, the likes of Crestron or AMX, um, it means that we can start to involve uh, a statewide security systems and monitoring that ultimately could probably be done with KNX too. But in our experience, you're in a slightly more flexible environment once you move up to something like Crestron. And certainly we've done systems where Crestron is the user interface to a more complex KNX system. So you're getting uh, very good reliability, very simple interoperability um, with throughout the project and then presenting the client with a user interface that he couldn't have had with, with KNX. In terms of KNX, we're able to choose devices and products from different manufacturers that help us meet the needs of whether it's an aesthetic design requirement, yes, a, function, a, yeah. a functional requirement, or, a, or maybe a price-driven requirement where we can meet the combination of those needs. But even outside of KNX world, there is still plenty of opportunity to do that. And what we would do is look at potentially, well, okay, there's a dedicated lighting control platform uh, that maybe gives us uh, operation of lighting and blinds particularly. And then there could be a heating platform that we're working with that's, that's concentrating purely on the underfloor heating and climate control. And then we're just looking at making sure those systems maybe have some interoperability where required. And that might come through another platform like Elan or Control 4 or something like that, but also could come through from something more uh, BMS orientated like the, the Tridium. How then should integrators think about control? Should they aim to be masters of all or specialise in just what they know best, what do you think? I think they, generally speaking, they should keep to what they know best. And in knowing what they know, they should be perfectly aware, aware of what the limitations of that control system is. And should they reach that, that limit, they should be very open and honest about it. It's far better to um, walk away from a job that you know you can't quite do than to make a stab at it and come up with a terrible result. Yeah, I would agree completely that, that I think there, there's definitely opportunities for every integrator out there with, with controls and with control systems. Um, but there are many, many ways of skinning the cat. Uh, and that can be a lot of pain working out what that is, working out what the right control systems for you are and for the type of clients that you have and what the limitations of those systems are. So uh, there's, no, there's no need to rush into it or over promise and under deliver. And if you want to do something more on building control, I know CD offers an intro to KNX. I think Bemco offers similar courses here. So they're quite widely available uh, if you want to go down that particular path. Yeah. Yes. And I think also, aside from that KNX, which is manufacturer independent type training, um, there is manufacturer uh, specific training, but also in other systems. So if you're looking at uh, other systems like Lutron, for example, and, and, and Crestron, then those manufacturers will provide training that's that's very uh, 
uh, very valuable. Um, we haven't really talked about voice control, but I guess integrating that into whatever platform you're, you're doing is, again, becoming more of a thing. Uh, I think it, it's been a thing. I'm not sure that uh, uh, people really want it. Um, certainly with um, many of our clients, they're sensitive about security and the fact that they've got a device in their home constantly listening to what's going on um, is a worry for them. So generally speaking, we don't see the, a very strong need for voice control, certainly not in typical building control environments, which is a, generally a simple switching something on and off. In the AV world, there's certainly um, a need for voice control if you're in a more browsing environment and you're wanting to find a particular film and you're not quite sure what it is. So talking to your device, uh, certainly saves typing, you know, big long title in. So it's useful for that. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if voice control kind of disappears a little bit out of out of our jobs in the in the coming years. What's your experience? Yeah, very very similar. Where yes, people want the tick in the box that they could control things with the voice, but in, in practical terms, what they actually do with it is pretty pretty limited. Um, and maybe there might be a little bit of light control for convenience uh, that, that they use for, for the voice. But in terms of controlling heating and so on, then, then no, um, we don't see that. And we don't see, we don't see it actually being a big, big functional aspect of how people use the system. Other than in, again, as, as Robin says, in, in that kind of AV use where you're scrolling through trying to find the film that you want on Netflix or whatever. But don't you find it a little bit frightening if you're using voice control and you pick up your phone and you suddenly find an advert um, <laughs> about something you've just been talking about? Well, this is a very good point. This is a very good point because we, this is one of the things we talk about with people when they say, well, look, you know, why do I need your control system when I could go and get these things from the DIY store and effectively do it myself? and get all of these cloud-based integrated solutions. And there is nothing wrong with those, but actually we find there are two things that we can talk to them about. One is about, well, okay, how do those things actually work and actually integrate? And how reliant are you on your network connection for all of those things to actually happen? And secondly, security, because all of those devices are to a greater or lesser extent monitoring what you do and using that to build up a profile of you for, for marketing purposes. Now, of course, with expertise, you can perhaps manage how that information is used, but certainly for many of the people that we deal with, they are very concerned about their security, about their privacy. And some of these devices, that, that worries them. And if it doesn't worry them, perhaps they, they, need to be, they need to be cognizant of it because there, there's lots of aspects of that that are not an issue when it comes to the, the sort of systems and mechanisms that we would use to help them control their buildings. Well, I agree, agree with all that. And I think it's uh, the message to the client is understanding that they need real enterprise-grade networks. Often they, you know, the perception is that a little... BT Home Hub um, is all that's that's needed, but you know the networks in a that we're selling in a in a large home are tens of thousands of pounds, and they they need to be to be totally robust and and secure. So I think the client base um, needs to understand why those systems are 
the way they are, and that's because the world is, is developing into this app world that you need much greater security. I mean, certainly we've had cases of locking down a, a network as best as we can, and um, you know, the client's nanny goes off and buys some cheapest chips baby cam and then wants to put that on, on the system. And you, know, you need to be aware that that's going to happen and design the systems and make sure it's robust if new devices are added. Um, you need to be able to monitor those networks as to the traffic that's going on. You know, if they're, um, if they're good systems today, you get a dashboard that one of our engineers can see actually what um, the network is being used for and if it's been used maliciously in, in some way, and being able to control who readily gets on the network or not. I mean, a, a big area is staff. For many of our clients, staff um, tend to come and go, and uh, if they've gone, there might be a, you know, a reason for that. They're not very happy, and yet nobody's changed the password. They could still be outside the property potentially and get onto the onto the network. So having systems that remind you about this and that can be easily locked down is is becoming increasingly important. So I think control systems that are robust and reliable, control systems actually you need to think about selling them from that security perspective rather than just uh, controlling the AV in a space or whatever else the system Yes, the be. fact that you know we can now open a door from the other side of the world um, is a wonderful thing potentially, but also very dangerous if it uh, falls into the hands of the wrong wrong people. Any other advice for integrators about control? Yeah, I, I think when on the networking side, it's critical that, that people understand that this is now probably the weak link in the chain as far as control goes. Because it doesn't matter whether your control system is based on one platform or the, the combination of multiple platforms. At some point, it's almost inevitable that that, that system is going to be accessible via the network uh, and, and both inside the property and outside the property. And, and it's definitely an area that, that we have to educate our clients on when we are specifying certain kit to go in because they don't think they need it or they don't know why they need it. And helping them understand that actually, this is the, this is the equipment that's going to help us ensure that your privacy and security is maintained and help us monitor the system and help us avoid you having to call us up on a Saturday night because something's gone down or something not isn't, isn't working. Those aspects of the monitoring and and control of the network and networked enabled devices that that really is the the area that that we've had to do the, a lot of learning on over time to to really understand and and get a hold of the implications of what happens if you get that wrong. Very good. Thanks very much. Thank you, Robin and Jeremy, for a great discussion. And thanks to Julian and the team for hosting us at BEMCO here today. Remember, we're available free on podcast platforms everywhere. And if you're enjoying listening to what we have to say, then please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at IntHomePod, on Facebook and Instagram at IntegratedHomePod, and on LinkedIn at The Integrated Home Podcast. There you can get in touch with us about ideas for future shows and future guests. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of Meridian Audio. We are a Wildwood and Alfie Media production. The Integrated Home supports Together for Cinema. 
Together for Cinema is an AV industry movement that designs and installs cinema rooms in children's hospices across the UK. So far, thanks to the huge generosity of manufacturers, distributors and integrators freely giving of their time, products and expertise, we've created 21 dedicated cinemas. In these special places, children, their families, staff and volunteers are now enjoying fantastic movie experiences together. We want to build more rooms in more hospices for more children. To do that, we need your help. Visit togetherforcinema.co.uk and find out how you can be involved to help make short lives that little bit better.